Welcome to The Stuff, the podcast where you and I literally talk about what else? Stuff. This is your Comedic Escape Ace podcast show, and I'm your host, Ian Walker. Now, let's go talk about some stuff. It's time for another episode of The Stuff. It's episode five of The Stuff. It is August 8th, 2017. It is time to talk about some awesome things. Today's show, going to be talking about art. Uh, some things in art that I like. Uh, some things that you guys might may be interested in, may not be interested in. We're also going to talk about gaming. Being very specific, going to be talking about something that I saw that I'm very interested in. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it also okay and then the final segment i'll be spending time with is going to be another d's palette segment on a restaurant i found out in the bay area in san jose called harry's hof brawl which is this awesome italian italian <laughs> awesome german restaurant so let's get started so again you guys know that i uh, am an artist i do all different types of art um I do cartoon art specifically. I do caricatures. I do comic art. Um, I also do portraiture using charcoals, pencils, things of that nature. And then I also do painting. Um, I do Afrocentric artwork. I do pop artwork. I do contemporary. Um, I do landscapes, paintings, all those things like that. Okay. And uh, my, my primary medium is acrylic. So I want to talk about art because in this episode, because I wanted to talk talk specifically to artists about what moves you what inspires you what makes you keep going as an artist um with me it's a lot of different things um as far as inspiration is concerned i know that i get inspired i'm a very emotional person so when things happen in life or uh you know i have a lot of thoughts going on that seems to be when i create one not only my best work but also when uh, the most inspiration seems to come to me to motivate me to do something. Um, the, tra- the experience doesn't have to be super traumatic, but it has to be s- enough of something for me to want to put it on the canvas. And I find that art is a good outlet for me to do that, um, especially painting as of, as of late. Uh, in the past year, I've been painting um, with acrylic paints. And I found that really putting that whatever worries or things uh, that I have in my mind or in my heart, whatever, putting those things on the canvas and leaving them there seems to help out a lot. Um, And that's, and that's with whatever it is. You know, when I create abstract work, abstract, my abstract artwork is the most expressive art because that literally is me just putting all my emotions, all of what I feel, onto the canvas that's going to be expressed by my by the colors that I use the composition of the of the painting which I generally go at that with a more just whatever comes comes type of attitude you know what I mean it's not so much organization in that as much as there is in my other pieces I tend to just paint from the heart when when I do my abstract artwork landscapes are more methodical um you know, I have to really get a picture in my mind of something that, you know, I want to paint or 
something that I see and then I go from there and start painting that as well I generally paint like a lot of like illustrations or something like that one time I was uh, at a uh, at a service at a talk which is called a circuit assembly and one of the gentlemen there had given an illustration about uh, life about a lighthouse and that illustration really stuck with me and as a result I ended up creating a painting based on that illustration and it was an old abandoned lighthouse that was very 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 close to the water and you know upon looking at it, it's like oh it's a lighthouse near the water but if you look at it you know the, the painting lighthouses are never ever ever that close to the water I mean the thing is on the brink of falling so if you look at the painting then you'll see that if it's on my Instagram art page at ID Walker art on Instagram um, instagram.com slash ID Walker art and uh, you'll see that there it's like a red and white lighthouse but it's very close to the sea you see the waves crashing on there and it's a beautiful painting and uh, but when I do landscape paintings that's those are more methodical um, and have a little bit more put to them same thing goes with my Afrocentric work I like to plan those out, really like to plan those out before I create it because I just don't want to go in there blindly unless there's something that I really, unless there's an image in my head that I really think is very strong in my mind. Um, I generally like to sit down, uh, plan it out and, and, and put it into motion that way. So I'll do a sketch initially. I will uh, then put it put into colors what uh what i'm going to use what colors i'm going to use uh compose the painting what size canvas i'm going to use how i'm going to arrange the composition of the piece all of that how i want it to look i mean there's so much that goes into that and there's currently a piece that i'm working on now anyone that's following me on instagram or snapchat can see you know have been seeing the progress photos of of the current painting i'm working on which is another painting of, of my Maiden series. And uh, uh, it's going to have a lot of detail. I'm having a feeling it's going to be very beautiful. But again, you know, what I'm doing is just leaving that on the canvas. Um, you know, I, I had been going through some things. So now just putting it all on there, I have a feeling it's going to be a really, really, you know, good painting. Some other things that I started out doing uh, as an artist was superheroes and comic books, because that's what I love. I love superheroes. I love comic books. I copied those superheroes. I started drawing them a lot. And now as time goes on, it's funny because I'm starting to realize that maybe that serious, that 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 Jim Lee style or that Joe Madreira style that I love so much, I do like it. But I'm finding that it's not really me anymore. And I'm moving towards more of the fun, cartoony style. And I think the reason why too is because so much of what I do, I try to be aware of what I do. And I wanted to appeal to everyone who looks at what I create. Um, the cartoony look appeals to everyone. And it's very unique in that you don't usually see those superheroes in that light. And so, you know, everyone can can appreciate seeing a cartoon version of Wonder Woman. Or everyone can appreciate seeing a cartoon version of Superman. Or, you know, Disney characters or things like that. It's just, for some reason, cartoons... Are something that everyone can relate to and enjoy no matter how old you are no matter how tough you think you are you know no matter what cartoon the cartoonish style is something that I feel like reaches everyone and accomplishes the goal that I want to as an artist my biggest thing when creating my art is inspiration so when I create something I want to 
invokes some kind of thought, some kind of action, some kind of feeling when I create. And uh, and that's those are the things too that I like for not only when I create, but when others create art too. What do they create? Does does what they create move me to some kind of action, whether it's to buy it or whether it's to want to move me to do something in particular, whatever the case may be. I tend to like and appreciate art that moves me or stirs me to action or inspires me to action of, of some kind, whether it's thought or, or physical, you know. So, you know, and I try to translate that and try to convey that onto my artwork to others as well. So I wanted to kind of, 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 of put that out there to you artists out there and ask the question, what inspires you? What moves you to action in regards to your art? What, what is it that, that moves you to create? What are some things that uh, you feel your in your artwork sets you apart from most artists? You know, um, because a lot of artists say that they want to inspire. I mean, that's almost it, it's almost so much so to a point where it's kind of a cliche thing. Right. Don't you think. And but it, it's really when you look at the person's art, are they really there to inspire? Is the art that they create really inspiring? You know, and you can really tell that by the type of product that they put out. I mean, if 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 they're there to just get money, get a cash grab. OK, you could tell. And honestly, I mean, I'm not trying to hate, but this is just going from personal experience. I know that when I did artwork at comic book conventions or I created a comic book um, or even created a cartoon of some kind, whether it be a, a caricature of someone or, or whatever. Well, maybe not so much caricatures because caricatures were to had a purpose to make people laugh, to make people have fun. Um, but comic books and things like that, comic book characters and and uh, uh, cartoon versions of superheroes, that stuff was a cash grab. That was to get money, to hopefully kind of get something from it. More of a, in my opinion, what I call more like selfish art, right? That's what that was. But all the other things that I create are definitely geared towards inspiration, geared towards feeling, guilt, geared towards emotion. And that's what I want to, that's what I do when I try to create my artwork. So what is it that you artists out there, what moves you? What do you do your art for? Please answer, answer the questions uh, below. Cause I love to hear what you think. I love to hear what moves you. I love to hear what inspires you, what keeps you going, what gets you going to create. Okay. Leave an email, uh, the stuff podcast show at gmail.com. Leave a comment below in the comments if you're watching on YouTube and let me know what that is and uh, leave me your thoughts and opinions on this. Okay. And what do you look for when you look at other people's art too? What is it that you look for that moves you that you appreciate? Let me know. Love to hear from you. So I'm on the internet yesterday. And I'm browsing through some ideas for something that I want to create for myself. And I ran across uh, some old school retro games. And I want to, I thought, you know what, this would be great to discuss on the podcast this week. Because, you know, I currently really don't play video games anymore. It's the weirdest thing. One day, I, 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 like, I like video games, but I don't play them as much because... And this is just me. This is nothing towards other gamers, okay? But this is just me. I feel like video game playing is a waste of time. Um, if you're not creating something, you're wasting your time. If you're not producing something, you're wasting time. 
And that's just my opinion. Okay. That is for me. I, I literally, I used to play all, oh my gosh, I used to play all kinds of games. I still kind of do every once in a while, every once in a while, very rarely. But, you know, I love games like, you know, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, Street Fighter 4. I'm a girl up playing fighters. X-Men Children of the Atom. RPGs, the best RPG in the universe is Final Fantasy 7. Period, hands down, no question, let's not even talk about it. Number two is Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. Number two, best RPGs on the planet. And they're all old school 8-bit games. Incredible. Incredible games. Um, Legend of Dragoon, that's another one of my favorite RPGs. So, I'm a huge fighting game and RPG dude. And I also love MMORPGs, which is mass multiplayer online role-playing games. There you go. <laughs> and uh, so, some of the games I would play, I played, of course, duh, World of Warcraft. I stopped playing that for some personal reasons that were very important. The addiction part aside, other reasons too. Um, but World of Warcraft, I played Final Fantasy XI, which I think was the best online version of Final Fantasy ever played. Very immersive in story. And it gave you room to even create your own stories. World of Warcraft did in some essence on the role-playing servers. But I think uh, Final Fantasy XI really lent to that even more. Um... I played EverQuest. I played Champions Online. And I love Champions Online because as an artist, actually, that game, that game's character design aspect helped me to create a bunch of new superheroes. <laughs> and so that was one of the reasons the character creation, to me, was one of the best parts of the game uh, as far as Champions Online was concerned. Very smooth gameplay. Very, it was just a, a solid MMO. I really enjoyed it. But what really, but those are all the, oh, and I played Unreal Tournament. I played, I played that as well. Uh, GoldenEye, the James Bond GoldenEye game on the 64. Man, you name it. I, I, not you name it. I mean, there's a lot of games that I used to play. But the games that I always love to play and probably will continue to play to this day are the old school games from, and tell me if you agree with me or not, people, the old school Nintendo games. The old school Sega Genesis games and the old school Super Nintendo games and all games from the PlayStation. Those old school games there, oh my goodness, are have been the best, most nostalgic games ever. So yesterday when I was online looking up some information, I had found, I ran across these uh, old retro games and I saw this product that this guy out in the UK... Uh, called Mini Arcade, I think it was called MiniArcadeGames.com or something like that. And what it was, it's this guy builds these mini tabletop arcades and they have all of the old school games on them. And I saw that, I'm like, oh, I want one so bad. Now, looking at that thing, that thing cost about maybe four to $600 for it because, you know, it's a custom type of thing. And I'm like, Hmm. And admittedly, I'm cheap. I always try to look for a bargain because bargains are amazing. Okay. So, of course, I tried to look for a way to make my own. And I've always wanted to make an arcade anyways. I told I told a friend of mine I was going to make an arcade. And I'm going to do it still to this day. And I think I figured out a way to do it. And one day if I'm when I make it, I think I'll, I'll put it online and show everyone. 
or I'll figure out a way how, maybe if I don't make an arcade, personally, I'll find a way to create uh, a system where I can have all the old school games that I know and love and, and everything. But, um, with that being said, I wanted to know what you guys, you gamers out there, of course. So here's another thing too, that there's a huge divide. I feel like a huge chasm in, in concerns with gaming. You got the current generation of gaming now. That's who's all their games look like full length feature films. They all look like movies. Um, and a lot of them are centered. Unfortunately seems to be on violence and are training in my opinion, again, seem to train children towards, you know, killing and things like that and they're just more geared towards real life um the escapist aspect of games nowadays are not is not the same as it was even 10 years ago okay gaming has changed gaming has now even become a sport <laughs> you know people make a living playing video games you know like the league of legends is one of those things um which call i think it was called dota is another thing uh, that that people uh, make money from doing so a lot of real life is engaged in those in games now whereas the generation of the past my generation you know in the 80s and 90s we play games to have fun we play game video gaming actually was a social aspect of life not like how it is now when you play a video game now you're shut in by yourself in a room with a system and you sit there for hours and hours and hours and accomplish nothing Okay, but in my generation, playing video games back when I was a kid, you know, you sat, you made friends, you know, you had your friends over, you would all watch each other play the games, you guys would talk about all kinds of stuff. You still didn't accomplish nothing, but you can't, you did get the best memories out of those. I can, I can tell you one of the best memories I had was every, let me see, every weekend I would go to my best friend David's house. And we would go over there. It was me, David, his brother Daniel, and Greg. And we would all go over and we would play video games all day. Whether it was Final Fantasy and, or whether it be Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the Dreamcast. Yes, the original. It was the best. And we would just play video games, watch each other, get mad at each other. You know, my boy David, man, he used to use big words when he lost and <laughs> it was, those are some of the fondest memories, you know, ever. So I guess you could say it did produce something. It produced amazing memories that, you know, I will never forget. But those were the funnest times. And I think those came from those awesome games. Whenever a new game came out, my dude David, he always had a lot of the newest games. So every time something came out, we was over at his house playing the games. Whether it was Sonic, it was Final Fantasy, whatever it was. Especially fighting games, because those were our, that was our steez. We was there playing them, and it was awesome, and it was great. And again, some of the best memories ever. So, what I would love to know from you guys is what is you guys fondest memories, fondest gaming memories um, that you have playing video games? Do you think it's possible to get that? type of feeling back not feeling but that type of uh nostalgia back in the current video games that we have today you know it's kind of hard to go over somebody's house and you know play call of duty and you know maybe you know have that camaraderie or maybe you can i don't know but do you think that's possible to get the nostalgia of old 
and bring that over to the new generation of games and gamers that we have this day and age, you know? And what do you think about my, my, my comments about the chasm between the generation of gamers between then and now of my generation and today's generation of gamers? I, I really do think it's very different, but I love to hear your thoughts and opinions on that and, uh, and to bring that up again later on down the road, um, as we keep going. Okay. That arcade thing was awesome. And I'm going to post a, uh, post the video below on the website, the stuff podcast.com. I'm going to post a link to, or, uh, a YouTube video to that, to that video where that guy had that, had that, uh, desktop arcade. Super cool. Super, super cool. I, I, I want to figure out how to do that. So in this final segment, I wanted to talk about a restaurant that I came to or that I went to in San Jose. And so that's going to begin this third segment, which I'd like to call D's Palette, which is the segment where I go and talk about uh, food and a place that I really enjoyed and that I want to suggest everyone to check out. Okay. And the place that I went to was about two weeks ago. It's called Harry's Hofbra. It is a German Italian restaurant uh, out in San Jose. I believe there's two locations. One is in uh, San Jose. The other is out in Redwood City, I was told. I have not visited that one yet. I totally intend to do so to make sure that the flavor and deliciousness of this place is consistent with what I had in San Jose. Harry's Hofbra had been the first time I had had German food in a very, very long time. The place where I live in Seaside has a place uh, called Stammtisch, which is also a, uh, it's more of a fancy high-end German restaurant where it's reservation only. You better not walk in off the street. They'll look at you like you're crazy and they'll kick you out the restaurant and say, no, you don't have a reservation. Get out of here. You're nuts. But Harry's Hofbra, I could just walk in off the street and it was, it was great. Walking in, it looked like a big giant German bar, like an old school medieval, a medieval tavern. That's what it looked like. The whole aesthetic was a big medieval tavern. Loved it, loved it. Okay. And what you do is you walk in, you walk down this line, you get your tray, you step down, you walk down this line. It had tons of stuff. Now, you guys know my love of sandwiches and my love of delicious meats and things. And they, and so what they had there was all kinds of meats and all kinds of dishes. It was awesome. They had this fresh cut turkey. They were making thin slices of turkey. They were cutting tri-tip, all kinds of cuts of beef, chicken. They had sausage there like brats and all. Oh my God, Lord. But the one thing that caught my eye extremely fast was the beef stroganoff. Egg noodles with this delicious beef and beef gravy. Beef stroganoff, in my opinion, is very hard to get right if you don't know what you're doing, okay? And I saw it, it looked right, so I wanted a sample of it. I said, yeah, I'll try a sample of beef stroganoff. This stuff tasted like heaven with gravy, okay? If heaven tasted like something, it would probably be beef stroganoff. And it had gravy on it. And it was so good, I was like, oh my God. It was incredible, okay? The meat was tender. I put that fork in my mouth that that be stroking off and the stuff just melt the meat just melted in my mouth it was so good 
Uh, and you know, I'm like, yeah, I want a small, I want a bowl of that. So I go there and get a bowl. Before I knew it, I got this big giant platter of beef stroganoff along with this amazing Reuben sandwich that I had. Now, those of you that, that know about sandwiches and know about the Reuben sandwich, know that it comes with two things. It comes with either, it comes with, no matter what, corned beef and sauerkraut. Very simple sandwich, right? Some people just like the corned beef and sauerkraut. You'd be looked at a little weird, but you know, you can eat it like that, right? But generally, the, the sauce that you put on it is usually either a horseradish sauce or a yellow mustard for the spice, right? There's some interesting people out there that like to put mayonnaise on a Reuben. I'm not going to go into that to each their own, okay? But uh, it needs to either be with horseradish or mustard. And I had mine with mustard because I didn't see the horseradish there. I didn't realize it was horseradish on the table. But anyway, I went and had this Reuben sandwich, guys, on this white rye bread, which was amazing. Okay. Again, the corned beef was sliced so nice and thin, and the meat was just juicy. It had the it had the um the 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 sauerkraut was crunchy. It just had just enough of that kick and that 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 sour taste. Hello. Oh, another thing you guys know about me, I love sauerkraut. Okay. I could eat a jar of sauerkraut. You ask my mama. She's seen me. She has seen me do this. I will buy a jar of sauerkraut, put it in the fridge, and then every once in a while, just take it out, get a fork, and just start eating straight from the jar. Sauerkraut. I love sauerkraut. So that was amazing. Now, I know, I already knew that it was good, okay? My dad is an extremely picky eater, okay? It has to first appeal to his eyes. Okay, sauerkraut is not one of those things that appeals to his eyes. But I, that was one time where I was like, Dad, you have to try this Reuben sandwich. I will cut you off a small piece. You don't got to eat a lot of it. I know you don't like sauerkraut, but you need to try this. And this is the one time where he took my word for it and tasted it. Because I'm not going to I'm not gonna <laughs> mess up my dad psychologically with something that's nasty. But he tried it and even he was like, mm. that was the first thing he said, mm. Oh my God, that's good. I mean, if and if my dad liked it, <laughs> you know that that was an incredible sandwich. I already knew it, but he found out that day. I think that might be the only place where he'll be even willing to even go near trying sauerkraut or eating a Reuben sandwich because of how amazing that food was. But um, it was great. They had these, um, also these potatoes there. And these were made out of, okay, so we all know, those of you foodies out there, the best mashed potatoes are made with what kind of potatoes? Red potatoes, right? They got the they got the oil in them. You put the butter in there. You get the capers. You get whatever. You know, you make it. Red potatoes, just hands down, makes the best mashed potatoes. But generally, if you can't afford red potatoes, you usually you can you can make them with russet potatoes. They're not as great. They're much more dense. They're not as silky. But you, you can. But generally, you make you know you make fry French fries out of russet potatoes. Generally, right? Well, I tasted these potatoes from this Harry's half bra. Hands down, I knew right away I was eating russet potatoes. But these guys knew how to make delicious. Uh, mashed potatoes out of russets and it was incredible okay i don't know what they did but it was incredible 
and I loved everybody. I was eating it like ice cream. And they have the beef uh, gravy, beef broth over it as well. And generally when people, all my experiences with beef gravy in the past is, you know, it'll look brown, look like it's savory, but then you put it in your mouth, it don't taste like nothing. You know, it's like beef essence in the back of your mouth, but you don't really taste the beef flavor. No, this here had beef flavor. I was eating the stuff like it was cookies and cream ice cream, which is my favorite kind of ice cream. I was tearing it up. I ate everything. I saved the beef stroganoff for later on that night for dinner, you know, as my dinner, because that was delicious but um yeah that was hands down the best spot i had ever gone to for german food my parents and i are probably gonna go back i would like to have a family trip just go up go up san jose just to go to harry's half bra and just have at it because that place was incredible it was some of the best german food I have had, even if it wasn't me, may have, I mean, I don't doubt it. I mean, it even looked like it. It was a little bit Americanized. But for that, you know, that type of meal that's kind of Americanized, but kind of close to that Oktoberfest feel with the whole medieval tavern. I love the ambiance, all of that. Incredible. Service could have been a little bit better. Okay. I mean, because generally when you're at a restaurant, you know, as soon as you sit down to plate, plate, how's everything? It's like, man, I ain't even eaten yet. Oh, my God. You know, you got to go. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of service per se. I mean, we were able to talk and everything, but I think because the food was so good, we didn't really notice it that much or we didn't care too much, <laughs> but it was incredible. I'm definitely going to go back and I definitely encourage you guys to go and try it out. The location in San Jose is going to be shutting down soon, so it's going to be shut down soon. I'm hoping to go back to that before that happens and uh, go back over there. And if not, for some reason, I don't make it, I'll try the one out in Redwood City. But anyways, I really encourage you guys to go try this place out. Harry's Hofbrau, I will post the link to uh, the location to where it is and uh, and let you guys know about it so you guys can go and try it out for yourself. And if you do, let me know what you think. Let me know of your great German food uh, experiences as well. And uh, write me an email. Um, write me an email about your experiences with German food. Or if you just want to tell me about a great place that you want me to go check out that I could talk about here on the podcast during the D's Palette se uh, segment, I'd be more than happy to do so. The Stuff Podcast Show at gmail.com. Okay. Or leave a comment in the comments below on the YouTube page. Or leave a comment on the, uh, the Stuff Podcast Show website at the Stuff Podcast Show.com. Okay, so thank you guys so much. I'm going to shut down the show this week. Um, again, to recap, it's just talking about art, stuff that inspires me, inspires you. Uh, leave me some comments of what inspires you, what keeps you going, what kind of art that uh, that you enjoy. In regards to gaming and arcades, I talked about retro gaming and the generational divide of gaming. What do you guys think of that? leave and post your comments and your feedback and then finally harry's half roger in my d's palette section of the of the show today leave me your experiences with german food in in particular or leave me some suggestions on some places that you'd love for me to try out uh, so that i could talk about them on another d's palette segment on the podcast here called the stuff okay I am going to make an announcement this week, or this coming week, 
I will be out of town. I will well, not out of town, but I will be attending some special schooling. I will not be able to record an episode of the stuff for next week. But what I will do is I will um, put together a best of from the last five uh, episodes that I or last six episodes that I've recorded, and I will put that show on for you guys. Um, if you guys listen to the episodes, give me some suggestions on what what segments were your favorites, what you guys enjoyed, and um, I will put on some of the best segments that I like uh, from there. I'm taking one or two of those from there, from each different show, and put that on. And to make up for that, the episode might be a little bit longer as well, okay? So just to cover all the segments that, that I really liked, okay? Or that you guys enjoyed. So there won't be a brand new show next week. It will be a best of uh, episode. And it will not count out the episode count. Okay. <laughs> that will not be episode six. It'll just be a, a quick best of, which is like a recap. And uh, and I will be back the following week, which will be the last week of August. With the brand new episode, uh, episode six of The Stuff. I appreciate you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys for participating. I appreciate you guys' thoughts, your feedback, your comments, everything. And I ask that you please continue to support me. I'm still working on iTunes, getting on iTunes. For some reason, they don't like to respond. I don't know if they like the show. They're not sure what to make of it. Don't know. But uh, still working on getting it on iTunes, working on getting it on Stitcher. So in the meantime, you guys can catch the stuff on YouTube, on my YouTube page. You can also catch me on SoundCloud and also on the website at stuffpodcast.com. Until then, I will see you guys in two weeks. Next week, stay stay tuned for the best of uh, show, and I will see you guys in two weeks. Talk to you soon.